You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And I think I'm going to take this opportunity while Victor uh, is taking care of business um, to remind everybody, if you're in your 60s, 65 and older, we have a product that uh, I, the first thing that people say is, I didn't know something like that existed. And most people didn't know something like this existed, but it does. And uh, if you have trouble or someone that you know or love or somebody that uh, maybe you hate, I don't know. But uh, anyway, it's called a tornado body dryer, and it replaces the towels in your shower. You can take your shower. The body dryer actually is in the shower. And um, you take your shower, turn the water off, turn the body dryer on, and three minutes later, you're dry from head to toe. It's also great if you're in a wheelchair and you have a wheelchair-accessible shower. You can go in, uh, take your shower, and not only does it dry you, but it also dries your wheelchair. And at the same time, because it is circulating warm air, it takes care of your mold and mildew problem in your shower. So... It's called a Tornado Body Dryer, and it is fantastic. I have one being installed in my shower. Uh, Go and look at their uh, video that they've got. And if you're in need or you have problems uh, with your stability and you don't like using the towel and it does away with the germs and so forth on the towel, that's Tornado Body Dryer. So with that being said, I'm going to turn the show over to... Our man, Victor. And thank you, Producer Dave. Uh, This is America's Web Radio, and you're listening to the inaugural show of On Point with Victor. Uh, We're going to have fun with this show, and uh, you never know what we're going to talk about, but uh, most of it will be, um, you know, the occasional uh, thrashing of a um, socialist here and there. Uh, No, I... Look, guys, I, you've heard me before. I come at this with common sense. I come at it with logic. Uh, I don't like it when people get married to a party. Uh, if you're married to a D or you're married to an R, uh, you're really missing out. Um, you, you really, you're not using your God-given right to be an individual. Um, you know, individualism is a dirty word among the Democrats. And you, you'll hear me really, really unload on Democrats quite a bit. Um, but I do it again from common sense and logic. I don't do it because I'm married to a political party. I do it because today's Democrat party is not yesterday's. It's not the party of Kennedy. Uh, it's not even the party of Bill Clinton. Um, they have gone socialist. They have unveiled who they are. Um, so we'll get into things like that, uh, on this show. And, and, um, we may even, uh, you know, we ended the last hour with, uh, Supercross talk. Um, those of you who follow me on Instagram know I'm a huge motorcycle guy and I uh, love Supercross and uh, love to motocross as I do race myself. Now, I do not race on the level of those pro guys. Uh, I, I race in the old fart league, uh, but I love it. And uh, so, you know, you never know. You're going to hear some talk about Supercross. You'll hear talk about uh, why Tomac is going to take the red playback. No, uh, I digress. Um, <laughs> I probably ticked off a lot of Roxon fans there. Um but we'll get into all kinds of things, and uh, including uh, Second Amendment talk. Um, those of you who know me, it's no, I make no secret that I am a huge Second Amendment supporter. Um, not only am I a huge uh, individual supporter and independent supporter, I support Second Amendment, and I support the United States Constitution, so you'll hear uh, talk on that. Um, 
you'll hear you'll hear me go off on establishment Republicans. You'll hear me sometimes go off on never Trumpers. Um, it's just something that has to be done because again, uh, politicians inherently are not good for you. Bureaucrats in Washington do not have your best interests in, in, at heart for the majority of the time, no matter what party they're in. Um, so there's there's lots and lots of different directions we're going to go. You know, I wanted to open this show a little bit. You know, the last show, the last hour, I had a listener who was a new listener that called in and had a great question. And that question was, how can I – how do I know who to give credit to? Do I give credit to Obama for the current economy? Do I give credit – to Trump for the current economy, and and that's a good question because you know Obama's running around trying to take credit. Uh, you know it's funny because eight years of Obama he blamed Bush for the economy, his economy, and then Trump gets elected and he wants to take credit for now. So it, it, it's kind of the uh, look at me now, look at things now, and and think of me. Don't think of me in the past, which is kind of a big thing with government in general. They don't want you to learn from history. Uh, which is what we should do, uh, because answers for just about everything that ails us lies in history, um, the history of this country, the history of the Democrat Party, the history of the Republican Party. Um, I'm going to get into a little bit of that today, uh, by the way. Uh, but we have a lot on tap for you. And, you know, what I like to do is go down my topic rundown. Um, but I, I'm kind of just going to dive in here instead of doing that. But I do want to let you know that I do have uh, – a, a guest that you're going to get to know well uh, because uh, he, he'll, he'll come in on occasion uh, because, you know, I just I, I just like to make him go speechless because usually you can't make this guy go speechless. But somehow when I get him in the studio, I can get him to go speechless sometimes. I can catch him off guard. Uh, but I will have uh, Roger Bihar. He will be sitting in – or actually he is sitting in today. Roger, you want to say hello? It's nice to be here again. Excellent. I love doing the co-host duty and supporting the show. <laughs> boy, have I got some doozies today. Uh, well, I knew you would. You, you know, it's it's always fun uh, to to bring in different uh, different points of view and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, but I love bringing in fellow patriots. And and uh, for those of you who don't know Roger, um, I've known him since last week. And no, <laughs> I've known Roger since I was a kid. Uh, and not only do we have lots in common, you know, outside of politics, uh, and the fact that we we're pretty sure we're related, although he got all the tall genes. Um, there, there's there's a lot of a lot of things that we we can we can talk about that that uh, <laughs> we're going to get into. And in okay. fact, I'm looking forward to it. You were um, talking about uh, the Trump economy for a moment. Yeah. Let me just mention that for the past thirty years. The highest unemployment rate recorded was under Obama. Well, there you go, folks. And that's Department of Labor <laughs> Statistics. I didn't mm-hmm. just make those up. I'm not CNN. Well, Roger, you know what I, what I like to do when I answer listener questions? And, again, for you listeners out there, uh, find me. I, I am uh, Victor Armendariz, and you can find me as Radio Victor on Instagram. You can find me on, on uh, Facebook. Um, I'm out there, and I love to get your questions. I'm on Twitter. Um, so, so anytime you disagree with me or you want to back me up, you know, send me your comments, send me your questions. Um, I love to take segments during the show and answer listener questions, and and we're going to do that. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. But so, Roger, you you brought up that the highest unemployment rate was under Obama. That's right, and even the highest black unemployment rate for the last thirty years was under Obama. All right, so. 
folks, I, I told you that I will come at this from common sense and I will come at this from logic. Uh, I'm not going to come at it from partisan. It, it, some of it may sound partisan, but truly, truly, these, these, what I'm going to give you are facts and you can look them up. Um, they're irrefutable indis- indis- facts or indisputable well, facts. Well, let's consider this. AOC was an economics major, <laughs> and you hear some of the things she's spouting off about giving away everything for free. Well, all I can tell you, Roger, is if I was uh, involved with Boston, I believe it was Boston University where she got her so-called economics degree, I'd be pretty embarrassed. Maybe she was majoring in something else, and mm-hmm. economics is a secondary major. Uh, maybe there's an, a branch of economics called basket weaving. And she uh, excelled at that. I think she I did. I think it was more like storytelling. <laughs> well, she had a little, you know, speaking of storytelling, she had a little hissy fit yesterday where... Uh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In typical, I guess, millennial fashion. Um, oh, yeah. She went off on saying, well, if... if Basically, she sounded like a petulant little thirteen-year-old telling her dad, "You do it. Uh, if, if you're telling me not to, do it, you do it. You don't have a plan." I, I mean, it was really. If look, folks, look it up. Look it on YouTube. Look up on YouTube. If you just Google or or look on YouTube and search for Alexandria occasional court, <laughs> it's not occasional cortex, uh, Ocasio Cortez. <laughs> if you look that up, uh, it's going to come up, and you'll see what she did yesterday. It was quite quite the show. Um, but let me get back to this This well, wait, question. Wait. You're talking about a person who has actually said, if you think you're right, then facts don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did get into that. And you know, Roger, that, that's funny. You tipped tip me off there. Um, later in the show, we might, we might introduce – we're going to introduce a couple of segments today. And one of the segments might be, uh, who said that? Or did she really say that? Good one. Uh, so, uh, so, so definitely hold some of those thoughts for that because uh, she did say that. She did say that facts uh, – Facts don't matter if I hold the moral high ground. So if she thinks she's right, mm-hmm. facts don't matter. Facts don't matter. Wish I could so, told it, my teachers in school that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, it, <laughs> I would have gotten straight A's and been uh, graduated uh, cum what, what is it? Cumulus laude? Or <laughs> cum- graduating would have been an advantage for me. <laughs> Oh, gosh. We don't need to give away our too many personal details, Roger. People could just look look us up. That's right. I'm almost afraid to ask Alexa about myself. <laughs> or, <laughs> or as Greg called it, the, uh, the CIA listening device or NSA listening device. But, uh, but anyway, let, let, let's get back to this. So, so if you just look back at eight years of Obama, okay. Yes, in 2007, there was a recession. Yes, when Obama came in to the presidency, not going to blame him. Although, when you look back at how he voted as a senator and how the establishment voted and what really put us into that recession, it was all the fault of politicians and bureaucrats. They set the playing field for other things to happen that caused that downturn. But keep in mind, when Bush first came to office, we were in the middle of a recession as well. Mm -hmm. And you can see by what he did how quickly he turned it around. Well, absolutely good point there, Roger, which which is definitely um, was going to be my next step. Uh, All you have to do is look at history. I mentioned it earlier. History will tell the story. So when 9-11 hit, now that was a terrorist act and, and real deaths, deaths of Americans that put us into that recession because not only did they attack and knock down buildings, they did it in the heart of the financial center of the United States, New York. They disrupted flying. There's so such a trickle effect of what happened in 9-11 that put us into a recession. 
and without wasting time, you look at the policies that initially went into effect uh, under under Bush to counter the recession. So my point with bringing that up and with Roger bringing that up is that policies have consequences. Um, just let me tell you straight out of the box. If a politician looks at you and tells you they can create a good economy, you need to turn around and walk away or laugh at them. And I don't care if they're a Democrat or Republican, because what runs an economy is the American people. What runs an economy is the American ingenuity. What runs and builds and grows an economy are the great minds and work ethic of many, many, many of the of American people. And what the effect that a politician has on that is getting out of the way. The best thing a politician can do is just get out of the way. And they do that by policy. So what a president and his party can do in terms of an economy is either get out of the way and do pro-growth policies or they create roadblocks and cause a slowdown. So I will leave it right there. We're going to go to our first break, and when we come back, we'll pick it up from there. So stay tuned. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Happy Oregon homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back. You are tuned in to On Point with Victor, the inaugural show. This is America's Web Radio. Uh, this is uh, where you're going to hear common sense and logic. And thanks so much for listening. And again, all of you guys out there, uh, send me a question. Contact me. Let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, Radio Victor on Instagram, Radio Victor on Twitter, and just Victor Armanderas on Facebook. Um, so look me up, man. Thanks again. I, I, I want to always, always, always thank the listeners. We, we get new listeners with when I do the other show with Greg. We've been getting new listeners, and uh, uh, I've had people request uh, that we need another hour. Well, now you've got it. So uh, love it, love it that you're tuned in. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. We This show is streaming live. I don't know if you want to look at my face, but uh, you can look at Roger's face. He's here today, so... Uh, so and uh, Facebook Live, and you can stream it on AmericasWeb.com. Uh, so let's get back 
back into this a, a little bit. Um, so, so basically, when you're looking at what I talked about was policies, and policies matter. So, when you have eight years of of a Obama type administration, and again, you could insert any name there: Clinton, Sanders, um, Kamala Harris, you name it. It's the policy. It doesn't matter who it is. It's policy. Um, so when you look at the eight years under Obama, his average economic growth was 1.5% to, to 2%. So 1.52% of economic growth. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's not even enough growth to support the graduates coming out of college. And if you can't grow the economy to support graduates coming out, they're going to end up in their mom's basement, and we're going to have a generation that, Roger, we call the millennials – who don't want to work or don't feel like they don't have to. Not all of them. There are a few yeah, who have true. seen the light. This is true, and hopefully more and more every day. But but the point is when you're not when when you're not creating an economy that can keep up with with job creation, then you're just going to create dependency. Now I want you to pay attention to that. You will create dependency. We have a political party in the country right now that would rather create dependency because dependency creates a lifelong voter. A lifelong voter creates lifelong power. And if you think that the politicians right now, uh, some on the establishment Republican side, but most, almost all of them on the Democrat side, that's their quest. Their quest is not just – look, Bernie Sanders is not running for president because just to take care of Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is running for president to leave a legacy with his family, to have a seat open up that his family will always sit in. That's the kind of socialism, Democrat-type road that we are on. The more dependency you have, remember, the less independence you have. And, and with that, you're going to have – you're going to create a class of people that are going to continually vote to take away from someone else to put in their pocket. And and that and that we just don't want to go down that road, but that's the road we're on. So getting back to Obama, so eight years, he had the slowest now, granted, listen, he had a recession coming in. That actually makes it a little bit easier for you to grow an economy. You have almost nowhere to go but up. And But what he did with his policies was slow the growth down. Now, remember what I told you. The American people will find a way to grow an economy. Like cash for clunkers. That was a brilliant plan. The best thing that did is take a lot of Obama stickers off the road. <laughs> off the road. <laughs> and that's true. And, and again, they, there you go. That was a policy-based uh, fairy tale program. And the stimulus package, which all the mm-hmm. shovel-ready shovel jobs. Ready jobs. And look, ladies and gentlemen, you can look all of this up. You can go to YouTube and put Obama shovel-ready jobs, and you can see at one point him t- pushing that stimulus package where the government – and remember, the government does not earn money. The government seizes money. It takes money from the private sector. You, the individual, takes money from you to fund all these governments. So uh, in Obama's world in eight years – he said, the, we, the government bureaucrats, can spend your money better than you. So they took that almost $900 trillion, I believe it was, and pumped it in as a so-called stimulus, which was nothing but a, a dis- redistribution scheme. Uh, but that's not going to grow an economy, which he proved eight years when you're – again, he had average growth of one5 to 2% growth. So – and again, remember, the American people will find a way. The wealthy people of this nation are not going to go quietly. They will figure out a way to get around anyone's policy. 
So even though Obama's slowing it down, so it wasn't just uh, these idiotic programs that were done to redistribute wealth. You had the Dodd-Frank. The Dodd-Frank bill just absolutely rose cost of doing business for mortgage bankers and, and, and community banks. It drove community banks right out of the business. So that strangled the economy. You had the Affordable Care Act. That was the Democrat Party effectively, with the help of some Republicans um, down the road, not in initially. There was zero Republican votes for that. But what that afford, so-called affordable, which should have been called the Unaffordable Care Act, which is known as Obamacare, was effectively the Democrats trying to seize and take control of, I believe it's 60, 70 percent of the economy, which is health care. So when you have a government controlling that much, it's going to slow the economy down, which is what we saw, 1.52% growth. So I know, I know, I'm trying not to bore you here, but I want to answer the listener's question uh, as best I can. Um, so anyway, moving forward, you had eight years of these policies that were slowing the economic functions down. You're holding back the American people. You're holding back American ingenuity. Well, that's so, what people say. Capitalism doesn't work. It doesn't when you put roadblocks in the way and mm-hmm. and uh, and d- deflation strips under your car tires. Of course, mm-hmm. it's not going to work if you screw it up. Exactly. It's like a high-speed highway. A high-speed highway is not going to work if you're blocking five lanes a day. I mean, it's, you know, six-lane highway, block five lanes, see what happens. You're going to slow it down. So put speed bumps on a freeway and see how fast <laughs> you can get home. That's a good point because basically what, what a party does when they're trying to control the economy from the central federal government is they're putting speed bumps everywhere, everywhere. And, and it's all in the name of redistribution, of wealth redistribution. Um, I can't, you know, I, I tell you guys before, just listen and, and look at the way the Democrats will will name their programs. They name them with emotion, with the best emotional, inspiring names. Affordable Care Act. Which was neither affordable or providing care for anybody. Exactly. It did the opposite of what it said it was going to do, but it sounded good. I don't so, think um, that word means what they think it means. Exactly. Uh, and I could go on. You know, we'll have to do that, Roger, on a future show. We'll, we'll come in with a list of Democrat programs and go over how, how nicely named they are, but how they do the opposite of everything that that emotion, that wonderful emotional euphoric name, it did the opposite of what that name was. The Green New Deal. Uh, that's, there's an, hey, you could go back to FDR, the New Deal. We could get into how the New Deal was actually detrimental. It, it hurt the future of this country and now we're looking at the new deal i mean the new green deal yeah the new deal is not only a speed bump it was a mountain <laughs> uh it's a wall and it ain't the trump wall so okay i digress let's 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 finish this up so anyway to to, to make this short you had eight years of obama with slow growth now i understand if you have two years three years four years but after his first term he still couldn't figure it out and then throughout his second term, Obama, when he was pressured onto why the economy was growing slow, his answer was, well, manufacturing jobs are leaving. Well, why are they leaving? Oh, well, they're leaving because of automation. No, they're leaving because of taxation. And But a Democrat's never going to tell you that. And o- Obama sat there and said – Oh, he said these jobs are never mm-hmm. coming back. This is the new norm. Yes. And Trump comes in and – Abracadabra. <laughs> I know what you wanted to finish that statement with, and I appreciate you not doing that. No, it, it's very true, and, and that's where I was going with that. He, uh, Obama, you can look it up on YouTube. I'm not making this up. He, he said manufacturing jobs were not coming back. He said basically get over it. It's not coming back. 
And then he said that what's Trump going to do, May wave a magic wand? Well, you know what? It doesn't take a magic wand when you have someone from the business private sector who knows how to get out of the way and create jobs and spawn job creation. Um, but he also said that 1.5 and 2% growth would be the norm. He said that's the global norm. And he's right. Globally, that's very much a norm. For a socialistic country, that's very much a norm. For the United States, it's not a norm. And we should never, ever, ever, ever let ourselves be fooled that 2% growth is, is, is okay. That's right. Not. America. That's right. America. Uh, so, so going into a second term, he can't figure out what to do. And he almost pretty much acknowledged it and admitted it when he went around running around telling people, you didn't build that, somebody else did. He's trying to convince, and what the Democrats do is try and change the mindset. They try and rewrite history and change the mindset. So not only are you, are you slowing down with policy, you're slowing down because you're beating people down. Um, there was no enthusiasm at coming towards the end of the Obama years. Um, yes, in the last 18 months of Obama, the economy started to, to tick up. It was trying to recover. And again, that's the American people and the wealthy job creators doing what they need to do to protect their wealth and to sustain their business. But in the last year of Obama, the last quarter, GDP was falling, and GDP fell to 1.8, 1.8% his last year. He had eight years, folks, eight years to learn what worked and what didn't work and couldn't figure it out. No, no, no. I think you're completely wrong here, Victor. You're assuming <laughs> How he wanted. How can you be so sure? You're assuming he wanted to put the economy in the hands of capitalists and mm. private businesses. I believe his plan worked perfectly to bring the United States down, enforce more government control, and have the government take over or extremely regulate these businesses. Well, you're 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 right there, Roger, and I'm trying to be as nonpartisan as I can, but. Uh, you're right. A socialist right. is a socialist is a socialist, is a socialist <laughs> who's not brave enough to be a communist yet. <laughs> well, you know what? That's, there's truth to that for sure. Um, but there, there is truth to what you're saying about, about Obama. It's what I said for years about uh, the affordable, so-called Affordable Care Act. It worked perfectly because it was never intended to work. It was always intended to fail so that the government could come back and say, oh, look, we tried. Uh, the Republicans screwed it up, and now we must take it over completely because the Democrats' goal is to completely take over and move us to socialized medicine. Because a government that's big enough to give you everything is big enough to take it all away. Thomas Jefferson. Love him. You know, we right. can always use some economic advice from AOC at this point, I think. <laughs> you know, there was – she. now here's a quote. You can tell me if you think this is actually her or is this somebody else. We need to invent te- technology that's never, ever been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another words of wisdom from occasional cortex. I, you know, and you can look that up too. She really said that, right along lines of. Uh, oh, come on! I got another one. The hit, lay it on me. We'll just go right into the. I was uh, segment. a huge fan of Senator Kennedy. Senator Ted Kennedy, growing up, he did so much for women, empowered them, lifted them up. Did she say while growing up? Yes. Did she realize how old? Kennedy. He was in the Senate, but he okay. said she said lifted them up. Unless, of course, they fell over a bridge in a car he was driving. <laughs> then he did nothing to lift and, them up. And three feet of water. So, <laughs> oh, good old. Uh, you know I got, what? 
I'd rather go hunting with Dick Cheney than running in a car with Ted Kennedy. Absolutely. You know, uh, only a Democrat could get away with uh, with drowning someone. So I, and I <laughs> All right, on that note, we're going to go to our next break. You stay right there. We're going to be right back, and we're going to move into some really neat segments. Be right back. Happy Oregon homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Uh, this is On Point with Victor. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to roll right along here. Um, I have uh, my guest sitting with me, Roger, which you, you heard his uh, wonderful input with uh, wonderful quotes from Alexandria Cortez. I got it right that time. Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. I don't speak Spanish, so it's occasional cortex. Abnormal <laughs> occasional cortex. Hey, she earns that nickname every day. Um, you, know, she, you know, Roger, yesterday she had, she had um, a bunch of little kids that uh, confronted uh, Diane Feinstein, Senator Feinstein, and uh, these kids were saying things along the lines of, don't you realize that we're going to die in 10 years? Don't you realize you're supposed to be here for the people? Uh, we voted for you. And to... Feinstein's credit, she looked at him and went, how old are you? You didn't vote for me. So credit to her for that. So, uh, but she should have used the opportunity to educate them a little further. It goes to show what politicians really care about. It's just about the vote. Exactly. So I want to touch base here in a little bit. You know, there's a lot of talk going on right now about reparations. I don't know if you've heard that, Roger. but uh, Again? You, again. Um, you've got, and all of the Democrat candidates are jumping on board. Well, they should be. <laughs> well, I know where you're going with that too. <laughs> now, listen, folks. If if we wanted to, I'm not against reparations, and I'll bet Roger isn't either. And 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 producer Dave is not either. And the reason for that is if you look at history, th- where slavery originated, where the hatred originated, uh, who suppressed who. And then you want to talk today about reparations. Look, 
Half of this country fought to free the slaves. They paid. They paid with blood. There's no way in on God's green earth we should ask them now to pay money for their ancestry who paid blood to free the slaves. But who should and why I would be for reparations is if it's being paid by the Democrat Party and the DNC, which is, I think, where you were going with that, Roger. Well, I was just looking at their history, mm-hmm. and it's kind of amusing to think that they voted against the uh, – against – the, the abolition of slavery. Mm-hmm. They voted against women's rights to vote. They voted against civil rights. They voted for the KKK, and it was their strong arm for a mm-hmm. long time to enforce their intimidation. But then, of course, there's people who say, well, the party switched places. <laughs> Magically, they just switched places. Then how come the first 23 senators, congresswomen who were voted in black were all Republicans? And if they yeah. switched in the 60s, how mm-hmm. come it took until 1993 before the Democrats put a black congresswoman in office? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and, and it's a great point. If you look, the first 23 congressmen, women, senators who were black, who were elected to Congress. Let me repeat that. The first 23 black elected officials to the House and Senate were Republicans. Now, well, how about this? First black secretary of state. Republican. Condoleezza Rice, appointed by Bush. Yeah. So, again, history will tell the story. So don't tell me that parties changed because they didn't. Now, now look, the Republicans can't escape all blame here. You know, back in the 1890s, um, Republicans, they, they, did, they didn't stand up enough to keep the black vote. And they did, and you did have areas where where Republicans, not because of racism, it was just a power struggle, um, and they did things, and 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 they lost, they they pushed away a lot of black vote, but but then we could get into a history. Look up, uh, if you want to really learn some history, look up some. Uh, there's a couple of names I could give you. How about uh, the first black governor to ever be elected? <laughs> exactly, exactly from Louisiana. Probably a, a, a pic- Republican. Pickney Benton Pitchback, a Republican from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and But you can look up. You, you look up the, the their, uh, Maggie Walker. Uh, look her up, ladies and gentlemen. I think you'll be surprised. And, and there's a reason that the, the, they don't teach about Maggie Walker in, in schools. They don't teach the history of Maggie Walker. They may touch on it, but I bet you don't get the full story on what she did. And I'm not going to get into it now. Uh, but look, look her up. Um, look, look what happened in 1907 when you had Booker T. Washington, people like him. You had Tuskegee graduating more self-made millionaires than Harvard, Yale, and Princeton combined. Uh, I mean, th- these were all. This was all going back, going on between 1907 and 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 beyond. And and it wasn't. There was no party switch. And again. 23 first black elected officials Republican. There's a reason for that. And, and again, we could get into to a bunch of history. Um, I, I don't do a lot to promote other talk shows on my show, but there's a wonderful, wonderful lady out there. Her name is Sonny Johnson. And uh, if you want, go do a little research on her and, and let her explain the black history. Uh, she's amazing, and, and she is a black uh, female, and, and she gets into quite, 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 quite a discussion. But I want to go back to you. So, so we talked about why the, why the Democrat Party should pay for reparations, if there are going to be any. Um, I, I want to get into a little bit of uh, this Bernie Sanders craze. 
I had someone feel the burn. <laughs> feel the burn. I had someone contact me the other day, and and uh, and hang tight, uh, folks. I'm going to have Mark on in a second. So Mark, hang on. Uh, I want to get to this point. And and Mark, I'd love to hear your comment after this. Um, Bernie Sanders has taken fire, and I had some people reach out to me and go, "Oh, I'm so glad Bernie's back in. This is Ber- this is Bernie's year. Bernie's going to beat Trump. He could have beat him before." And I keep hearing all these things. Well, here's my message to anyone who supports Bernie Sanders, and my message to Bernie Sanders directly. Move to Venezuela. <laughs> yeah, this is my message to Bernie directly and his supporters. You first. It's as simple as that. You first. You give up 90% of your income first. The IRS is happy and ready and willing to accept your check. Write it. 90% of your income you want from me? You want my sweat equity? You first. You give up two of your three houses. You give those up first. Give two of your houses to people in need. Don't tell me what size house to live in until you give up two of yours. You first. Your private jet flying? Don't tell me I need to stop flying commercial until you stop flying private on private jets. Ladies and gentlemen, Bernie Sanders in 2016 was demanding private jets be available to him. Between 16 and up and now, the past three years, he spent $350,000 riding on private jets. So again, I tell you, Mr. Sanders, you first. Um, when, when you're telling me what kind of car to drive, I shouldn't drive a gasoline V10 or a V8, you first. You give up your cars. Go drive. You get your electric car and, and, and only an electric car, which is not zero emissions anyway, Roger, because how do you charge the battery? Well, most of the batteries come from electricity, which is by burning coal or <laughs> oil or natural gas, which, by the way, Occasional Cortex does not believe is a fossil fuel. Exactly. So that's my message to Bernie Sanders is you first. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is a pleasure to kick off my uh, the first show here on On Point with Victor by having our guest Mark the Shock from New York. Mark, what Good say afternoon. you? Mr. Victor Amandiras, congratulations on the new show. <laughs> and welcome everybody. And I gotta tell you, as the spawning place of uh, occasional cortex, <laughs> I'm embarrassed completely, but... And you should you be. You should be. Not sufficiently enough to take care of the Cuomo factor also. Uh. <laughs> Well, Mark, I was going to say, you've got plenty to be embarrassed about. You've got occasional cortex to be embarrassed about. You've got Cuomo to be embarrassed about. You've got, um, oh, my goodness, what's the senator up there who's going to run for president? Oh, which one of them? Oh, Gillibrand? Gillibrand. I think every Democrat is running for president. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there's about um, 1,022 candidates already announced for the well, Democrat. I, I have a question. Is Bernie going to give up his R8, or he's going to keep that? I think Audi's probably giving him money to keep that. That's good promotion. <laughs> Mark, Last that's I a, heard they weren't real good on carbon emissions. Mark, that's a great point. Uh, I, I, but again, that's why my message to him is you first, and my message to all all the supporters out there, you first. Don't come after my sweat equity until you give up 90% of yours. No, wait. How else is Bernie supposed to build his fourth house if he doesn't run for president again? A good point. You know, what I find amazing is that the elitists in this country know better than we do and tell us what to do, but don't do it themselves. Remember that old phrase we used to learn, well, back when they actually taught school instead of taught idealistic views <laughs> well, of the world? You mean, you mean teaching instead of indoctrinating? Yes, they used to teach you do unto others first as if you were doing it yourself. Mm. Okay? What happened to that? Now it's do <laughs> as I say, not as I do. 
It's like sitting across the table from your cardiologist while he's telling you to quit smoking as he lights up another one. A cigar while he's eating his bacon sandwich. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hey, Mark, I tell me something. I mean, New York is pretty much leading the way with with a lot of uh, socialistic ideas. Yeah, I mean, we're leading the way. I don't know where, though. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to That's That's my question, Mark. Where exactly, as as a state, where is socialism leading New York? You as a citizen who every day goes out there and pounds the pavement to, to earn money for your sweat equity, where is socialism leading your state? Well, what they want to do is, first of all, listen, it's not about anything. I, don't, I didn't hear actually earlier if you discussed it or not, but New York just passed that new gun law, mm. another gun law. And I can tell you, honestly, I've never had a client tell me, you know, I looked up the law before I was going to commit that crime, so I, I didn't do it. You know what, Mark? You bring up a good point, and luckily we have Roger sitting here, who is my resident gun expert. Um, you bring up a great point, Mark. Let's look at all, just just in New York, all the gun laws that have been passed there, all the gun laws which do nothing but restrict Gun, law-abiding citizens in Chicago. Uh, right. Let's not in forget Chicago, about Chicago, California. But you look at all these gun laws that they've been passing. Shouldn't they have done what they were supposed to do by now? Why do well, we need more gun the laws? Here's the problem: they by their very by their very passing of another gun law, they're admitting that the prior gun laws don't work. And if you go back and look at the mass shootings that have occurred tragically in this country. Not one of them would have been stopped by any of the stupid gun laws that they've put in place. And that's exactly what my point was. And you're absolutely right. Every time they come out with this, oh, we need another gun law, then they should be required to admit the previous one didn't work. Well, sometimes there are some gun laws that would work. Like, for instance, there was a gun law proposed that if an illegal alien tries to buy a gun, they should call ICE and get him mm-hmm. arrested, questioned, something. Can't do that in a sanctuary city. But Democrats voted against passing that law. New York, so, California. No, this is federally. No, I know. But but those senators represent those states, and they're voting on the federal level to keep sanctuary cities intact. And now there are states or cities who are calling themselves sanctuary gun cities, where they're not going to enforce Mm -hmm. any laws they don't believe are constitutional, so gun owners can have a sanctuary as well, Mm -hmm. and they're going to ignore all the state laws they don't believe in. Well, I don't know about you guys, but my house is a sanctuary. (laughs) It's a safe zone. This is kind of why republics (laughs) only last 200 years. You can see it falling apart right now. Mark, I must commend you for correctly identifying the form of government we have. We are a republic, and you are correct. They usually don't last past 200 years. So we are overdue for for a tyrannical overtake of uh, occasional cortex. Which yeah, is it's, well, I've got to tell you, <laughs> if she is the new face of the Democratic Party, good luck. Hey, she's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. But, Mark, I mean, you're so right, though. And, and, again, it goes back to your point about teaching. We're indoctrinating. We're not teaching, which is why the government should never have anything to do with education. But we're not teaching that we are a republic by rule of law. How many times do you hear the word democracy? And and Republicans do it, too, and it drives me insane. But now, Mark, you're a lawyer, correct? That would be correct. How many times is the word democracy mentioned in the United States Constitution? Oh, never. Exactly. Zero. Zero. 
Zero. Uh, so it's so simple, but you're right. We don't. You know, we don't I guess teach. the republic's ending because we're all going to be dead in twelve years anyway. That's a good point. But then I again, mean, why do we care? Los Angeles <laughs> has just experienced the coldest February in sixty years. Has had snow in places they haven't seen in over fifty years. A couple of weeks ago, Vegas had a little snow. And you also. know what? You know what's happening? People aren't realizing. We have done our job. We have accomplished our goal. We have reversed global warming. You know, if we don't stop, though, we're going to push ourselves to, into an ice an age. Ice age. Well, you, ask the next climate guy when the next ice age was going to happen if man didn't appear, and they they are speechless. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh come on! We're supposed to believe the weatherman who tells you in a hundred years from now we're all going to be frozen when he can't tell me what the weather's going to be like next week. Well, they can. They'll just tell you it's fifty-fifty. It's fifty-fifty. <laughs> yeah, toss a coin. I, you know, it's. I, I, I'll tell you for for anyone out there who who's still buying into this global warming, climate change, fraud. Uh, pull up the founder of weather the Weather Channel. Pull up the founder. And uh, watch his video. He he he's absolutely incredible, and and he refutes the argument of climate change and the fake science in about thirty seconds, and it, it's really awesome to watch. Well, what about the founder of Greenpeace? Yeah, he made a point that after the Berlin Wall fell in eighty nine, they had a huge influx of these communist socialists coming to join Greenpeace because they saw that as a new way to fight capitalism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when they had to have a new home, and they found it in New York. Sorry, Mark. No. Well, listen, you can't, you, you can't teach stupid. It's something that's learned throughout New York. Yeah. You, just, you can't set forth a manual for it, but they certainly are perfecting it. Yeah, you know, that's from true. From the governor all the way down. That's very true. So I want to get into, uh, Mark, I want to have a little fun right now. Um, I want to get into a couple of segments. I, I want I'm, I'm want to do one segment where we answer uh, questions from uh, uh, from listeners, oh. and then I want to do um, some where we uh, a segment that uh, is called "Due to My Liberal." Uh, I was going to call it "Due to My Libtard," but I got in trouble last time I said. That. <laughs> Did I just say that? Uh, no, I didn't hear mind. it. We just heard it in our minds. <laughs> so, so. I want to start off with 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 this dude. Am I liberal? So can I can I answer that question? Yes. Oh, I don't know. Twenty five thousand well paying jobs from Amazon. Possibly <laughs> uh, fourteen billion dollars in estimated income revenue to New York State. And, and she accomplished that in only two months in office. That's pretty good. Hey. And remember something, as she says, she's the boss. <laughs> hey, look, in, in two years. The Obama economy has spawned over four million jobs. The and Trump economy. The, I mean, the Trump economy. Did Oops. I say Obama? <laughs> Holy cow, man! It must. It must be almost four o'clock. <laughs> so, pardon me. Let me start over. Let's just rewind. Don't worry. We'll take no, that, that out was of the, the subtraction of the jobs. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that out of the archives. Um, the Trump economy has spawned over four million jobs in his first two years in office. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez lost 25,000 jobs in a month. Just think what she can do in four years. Imagine what she could do. Mark, you better find a way to get rid of that girl. Well, Mark, I think the Democrats are ahead of you there. I think they're actually trying to figure out a way to get get rid of her themselves. Thank God she's not old enough to run for anything else. And blogging and videoing and v-blogs because you know what? 
she will sink her own ship because eventually people will say $92 trillion is a little bit more expensive than I wanted to pay for that climate change business. And here's the real kicker. doesn't really matter if we were to go zero carbon emissions tomorrow in the entire United States, shut off all electric gas and everything mm-hmm. else. The climate you know would still change. Would make? <laughs> There's... Less than one percent. Yeah, there's still going to be a thing called the changing of seasons. Yeah, well, we see. You're entitled. Someone should have explained to her AOC that she's entitled to her own opinion, but not her own facts. Well, don't tell her that because facts don't matter. Because she thinks she has the moral high ground. Oh, I remember that one. That's right. All right, Mark. Here we go. um, all right, Mark, I want you, you, you and I are going to answer these questions. Roger's going to throw some do to my liberal at us. You ready? Go ahead. We have John in Arkansas saying, dude, am I a liberal if I give money to a street beggar? All right, let me take this one, Mark. So, um, Mr., was, it, was that John in Arkansas? Yes. So, John, if you on your free will offered a little help to a beggar on the street, you are not a liberal. You're actually a compassionate guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, had said, and Mark backed me up here, had said bigger, beggar pulled out a gun and forced you to hand over some of your money, then yes, you'd be a liberal, and so would he. Well, unless you had a gun to defend yourself and shoot back. <laughs> yeah. Well, under gun control, only the bad guys have guns. So. Exactly. All right, Mark, the next one's for you. Go ahead. Okay. This is from Mary. In Santa Monica, if I give money to a socialist group, am I a liberal? Well, let's see. Depends on what your socialist group stands for. If it stands for dismantling capitalism, I'd say pretty much you're in that zone. If your socialist group stood for capitalism, I'd say you gave to the wrong organization. <laughs> Excellent. Absolutely right on. Hey, let's move on. I think we have a question one from, local uh, from Rob in Atlanta. If I give money to Children's Health Care of Atlanta... Am I a liberal? <laughs> now, first of all, let me start by saying what a great organization Children's Healthcare of Atlanta is, and by no means do they support uh, anything that we say on this radio show. But if you are giving money to to your favorite cause, uh, no, you are not a liberal. You're actually, a again, a compassionate person who has the sense to say, you know what, I want to help some people out. Not a thing wrong with that. Unless the government forces um, you to give money to them. And Exactly. Now, if you, I'd like to point out to everybody is helping people is different than giving them free, free, free. Right. Well, you know, the Parks Department puts up signs all over the national parks that say, do not feed the animals as they will become dependent <laughs> on you and not fend for themselves. Well, comrade de Blasio's New York City. Absolutely. You know, one, uh, uh, one thing He's I want to... He's up for a vote today. <laughs> one thing I want to add to to Robin's question there about giving to her favorite charity. Now... If the government comes along and takes money from you, Robin, if they take the money from you and because they tell you they can use your money better than you and you vote for those people, you're a liberal. Roger, next one. Okay, here we go. This is from Stan in uh, Colorado. South Park. If I tell you (laughs) you should pay more in taxes, am I a liberal? (laughs) Mark, you want that one? Well... Are you a liberal? If, if you're looking around the 70 to 90%, I'd say absolutely the right neighborhood. If you're talking <laughs> about taking enough money to take care of what needs to be done and that the government doesn't think that they can spend your money better than you can, then I'd say you're still a conservative 
just by a hair. What I would say is, if yeah, if if some if if you're telling me that I need to pay more taxes, but you don't want to pay more taxes, yeah, you're a liberal. I mean, you're full on libtard. Okay, we have one from Janet in Massachusetts. If you want Uh-oh. to take what I have just because you don't have it, am I a liberal? <laughs> oh, I see. Hey, uh, okay, so. I, I really I need a bell. Ding there ding are some ding ding ding. That have their answers in them. <laughs> that well, one was pretty obvious, that, wasn't that it? That caller answered herself. You, you're so far off the reservation. Um, you're probably working for Bernie Sanders. So I well that <laughs> all right. We'll we'll end that segment there. But uh, like I always say, I love to get questions and comments from listeners. And if you're out there. Um, Find us on Instagram, Radio Victor. Find me on Twitter. Find find me on Facebook. They haven't put me in Facebook jail, by the way. Uh, because You're not trying hard enough. I, apparently, I'm not trying hard enough. I'm going to have to put some more comments from Mark the Shark on there. I'll <laughs> just say, if, they, if you don't know whether or not you've been knocked off, you've probably been knocked off. Maybe. Okay, I have a so, quick story I have to get out. This is very, very important. It. it just came up today. Okay, apparently a federal judge in Colorado overruling a city of Fort Collins, Colorado statute that prevents women from showing their breasts in public. So now it is legal for women to show their breasts in public in Colorado, which I was outraged by. I was outraged. I cannot get a flight to Fort Collins, Colorado as quickly as I wanted to. But then again, I was told by a person who had a... Had a better so grasp a of the couple s- of boobies and everything's okay. Someone ha- who had a better grasp of the situation told me, in <laughs> order to stay grasp, abreast like of the that. situation, <laughs> I should probably get a flight in the spring or the summer to get better exposure on the story. Well, <laughs> this is the, this is where global warming is is just not really going to help their cause. <laughs> well, it, it might. Global warming <laughs> might very well help. <laughs> yeah, but not in the cause that they think. Um, Oh my goodness! I, so I, I just got another. <laughs> I'm going to embarrass this person. I got a I got a listener question. It said, "Am I playing soccer tonight?" <laughs> well, yes, I am. <laughs> you know, ladies and gentlemen, Tuesday happens to be Tuesday night soccer night, and I do play soccer. So, Mark, I, I want to ask you this. So we have about 973 people who are uh, jumping into the presidential race on the Democrat side. Um, now, really, put on your serious hat for a moment. And who do you see that that that's I know who's leading the pack right now and and now that I'm on it, I find it quite hilarious that the top two candidates on the Democrat side are two of the oldest, whitest dudes they could find. Well I was gonna um, say their whole plan of identity politics just went out the window. Right out the window. Absolutely. Un- Uncle Joe is popular though. And because he served under Obama, I think he's gonna be a real threat. He is popular he's probably the only threat. You know what? That's I think Bernie Sanders is probably the bigger threat, just because the he does spawn energy in with the college kids and the young minds full of mush that think socialism is the way to go, and they think Venezuela. Oh, what a great thing it is! It just hasn't been done right. Yeah, but here's um, the problem: living in your parents' basement till you're 29 <laughs> is not a job. Yeah, well, exactly. But but the thing here's the thing that I think. Right now, at least, with everything up to this date in time, not knowing who else is going to jump into the race because there'll be another 900 down the road. <laughs> but at this point in time, the reason why I think Bernie Sanders has a leg up is because the activism that he's going to touch for the primary, 
but those people don't really vote in the general. So the Democrats, to me, are, are shooting themselves in the foot, and they're helping the reelection of Donald J. Trump every day, which, uh, which I, I hope they continue to do. Uh, but I, I agree with, with you guys, though, Roger and Mark, that Joe Biden is attractive, but only because they keep trying to convince the American people that Joe Biden is a moderate. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden is not a moderate. If you look at his policies, and again, remember, don't listen to what they say. Look at the actions and the policies that they're putting forth. They're all the same. I don't care if you're talking about Kamala Harris. Can I jump in um, for one Yeah, thing? absolutely. I, I wanted to really point out before, and what I really find interesting in this whole spectrum of the analysis between Republicans and Democrats is Republicans run as Republicans. Democrats run as sheep in wolves' clothing. Oh, but Bernie has a plan. I'm the far left or I'm the centrist and I'm the reasonable guy when they are none of what they're telling you. But Bernie has a plan. He's going to get the forestry department to plant all these trees (laughs) that will grow all the free stuff he's going to give away. (laughs) Well, you know, if, if you took all the money from everybody, it still wouldn't be enough to cover these wild dreams. It's just this insatiable stupidity. Well, Mark... But yet... Giving people everything for free reminds me of the Roman Empire, and it's full. <laughs> you are uh, you are one hundred percent right. You we could tax the one percent in this country. Actually, we could talk tax the top ten percent of this country one hundred percent. That means seize one hundred percent of the top one percent or top ten percent's income, and we wouldn't even make a dent. That wouldn't even cover Medicare for all, let alone all the other programs. So uh, you're absolutely right there, Mark. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even touched on that New Green Deal thing, which I'm trying to figure out. Um, it, it, there was some backing for on Bernie's website for Venezuela, and then that disappeared quietly, and now everybody's on to the New Green Deal. What they don't yeah. understand is that it's it's not a new green deal. It's I think Kamala Harris said it. It's the new green dream. No, no, that, it's uh, a green program. deal. It's going to cost more green than any <laughs> other program we've ever come up with. Well... You know, I got news for for all the Democrats, and that's Bernie Sanders, that's Alexandria, and and all the others, especially oh, but the come ones. Come on, if Elizabeth Warren wins, we're going to be able to call her the Commander in Chief. <laughs> yes. Well, here's, here's hey. the big thing: is their health care system. I love it. The one thing that they don't say under the health care for everyone, if you fold open that extra piece of paper there, it says ration health care. <laughs> Yeah, well, there would be the page everybody's missing. Oh, of course, they also missed the death panel page, and that that's in there. They well, just come on, it'd be it. like going to the post office for health care. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really been profitable. Huh? The DMV, <laughs> but but my point, you know, earlier is is the Green Deal is nothing new. It's called Marxism, and it's been around for a very very long time. I mean, Marxism. You know, I talked earlier, Mark Roger, and I were talking about. Um, the history of the Democrat Party, the history of, of slavery, and, and going way back to the 1870s, 1890s. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.